Welcome to the Exhorter Podcast, where you aim to strip love and good works through bite-sized biblical discussion. This episode, we're going to talk about language. This came up in a Bible class the other night. After a Bible class, when uh, a couple of young boys asked us uh, what was wrong with certain words. And Kyle, I think that definitely met your list of something we wanted to talk about, right? So are we talking about just like like language in general? Or are we talking about euphemisms and course jesting? I mean, like, what? where are we going? Well, we're going wherever you're going, Nate. You're leading this conversation. So, <laughs> well, so, I didn't know that that was the motivation for no, this it, particular topic. It came up about euphemisms, about, you know, replacing curse words with yeah. other words. And oh, also right. what's wrong with curse words, you know, at the end of the day, what, what what's wrong with certain words and... Sure. Um, so, but I think it'd be a good good thing to talk about. So I know, um, like the other day, I was talking to uh, a friend out back, and I had made a comment, and it was a euphemistic comment, and he kind of gave me a funny look. And afterwards, I felt really guilty. I was like, you know, I shouldn't have said that um, because it was a euphemism, and this is something that I have struggled with for a long time. Um, just the the euphemisms and coarse jesting. So I'm, uh, it's like a double-edged sword for me. Yes, I think I need to talk about it, but do I really want to? Maybe not. Nate, um, we're all in the same, we're all in the same boat here. I once did taught uh, this to a junior high class and they all walked out pale-faced and said, we can't say anything anymore. <laughs> well, I feel like such a hypocrite. <laughs> I feel like because I, because it's, it's been a challenge for, for yeah. me. Um, so let me ask you guys, uh, why do we use euphemisms? Well, I think it's an attempt to not say something worse. Because not all euphemisms are bad. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20, it says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Yeah. What does Paul mean when he says fallen asleep? He says your loved ones that have died. But that's just a more polite way to say it or a less abrasive way to say it. But falling asleep is a euphemism for dying. So not all euphemisms are bad, but John is correct that it's the idea of replacing something with a less harsh version of it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was studying for this episode, I looked up the definition of euphemism because I had always just connected it with like crude joking or coarse jesting. Um, And I realized that the definition of euphemism is just taking something harsh and replacing it with something less harsh. You're probably more thinking like a double entendre. I I think why we often gravitate towards it is because it it gives us an opportunity, or so we think, to say bad words without actually saying them. But I don't think we're really fooling anyone. Yeah. Um, There was this video that came out, uh, I I forget how many years ago, but it kind of stuck with me. It's this really, you know pasty white guy going to a predominantly black neighborhood and walk around saying, what's up my neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) And the reactions he got until he pointed out the hidden camera, it's like, okay, he's kind of using a euphemism or replacement word for we all know what, but people are hearing the meaning. So you can replace a word with another word, but if it's clear what your meaning is, we all see through it. Well, and that's what we kind of teach our kids sometimes. If, if you're saying it in your head or your heart's feeling that word, then it matters. Yeah. What comes out of your mouth is not the only thing to consider. Sometimes it's what's in your heart. So I think that's the really important part here is, is what are you meaning? Because there's also the other side of it. What, what comes out of your mouth when you stub your toe? Your little pinky toe hits the corner of the counter and you're wearing bare feet. 
What comes out of your mouth? Nate. <laughs> I mean, John Bradford. Te- I am I now. Mean, if we want to get overly technical with this, even just a groan, you know, that's a euphemism. You're replacing a bad word with a different yeah, sound. But what, 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 so where my mind went with euphemisms is uh, is the crude joking, because that's how I have used euphemisms the most in the past. Do you guys think that um, euphemisms and crude joking are related and, and why? Yeah. And that, that you can, you can make that correlation where instead of saying something vulgar, you can say something that on the surface is innocuous, but with kind of the, the double entendre, the double meaning. Yeah. It's you're, you're replacing, you're substituting it with something that seems innocuous, yeah. but, but, but you know, the joke is there and, and yeah. you're implying the joke. So I could see a correlation between euphemisms and, and the idea of coarse jesting. I could see it where you're substituting something that is plainly or obviously kind of dirty with yeah. something that, well, if your mind is in the gutter, you'll get the joke. So kind of that's thing. what I think about the, that's what she said. Jokes. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm not aware of this. No, you're not. Joke. No, you're not. Stop it. Stop it. But that's what, that's what that is. Right. Because that's what she said. That those words mean nothing. There's nothing wrong with those words. You're just making an implication. Yeah. You're implying something uh, that it's entirely about the context of when you say it, that gives it that meaning. Right. Right. Exactly. So in Luke chapter six, verse 45, Jesus talks about out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when I think about euphemisms and the relationship to crude joking, I think about, okay, well, if you're making those euphemistic jokes, then what is it that's in your heart? I think that it's an indicator of what is in your heart. I my my perspective about euphemisms has always been just uh, words to supplant actual curse words. What does darn? What does dang? What does that replace? Oh, you know, like like, and we say these words a lot, and they all kind of replace or OMG, right? Because you get the you get the Tim Hawkins list of Christian yes. Christian cuss words. <laughs> yes, shucks, rats, gadzooks, toot, holy moly. Holy guacamole, son of a biscuit, shut the front door, H-E double hockey sticks, bleep, great Caesar's ghost. So you get all these like. And I'm offended by half of those. Thank you. (laughs) John Bradford. (laughs) So those are on the surface. Nothing wrong with any of those words. But what are you what are you replacing them with? And that that's kind of what I get to is like when you say, well, that stinking cat. Oh, yeah. You know, but so it's like on the one hand, I'm like, what are you what what are you replacing in there? Yeah, I I have a student at school and she says freaking for everything. Shut your freaking mouth. Well, who do you think you're fooling? We all know exactly what you mean and what you're trying to say. And what you're not saying and why you're not in the principal's office right now yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you didn't say it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But exactly. it's like, but on the other hand, it's like, you're not saying that word though. You're not saying the bad word. Right. I'm going to have to so, do a parental guide. You said fudge. That, that's where it's like, it, well, <laughs> it's, words become so commonplace that like when you say shoot, you know, ah, oh, shoot, I forgot. I, 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 I yeah. took the wrong turn. Does anyone really like think of that as a bad word in today's society. So when you ask it or frame this from the standpoint, like stinking, it's like people say that all the time and think nothing of it. Is anyone here? You say that and think what a potty mouth. Well, but I, yeah. I don't, but I don't want life? my kid to say, oh, shoot. Oh, like, yeah, I, no, I, I, I don't, don't want him to say that because I don't want, I don't like want to, to say get either. it close to something else. But then again, then he asked, well, what can I say? Oh, man. 
And I'm like, well, no, can't say that. No, it's like, like you have to keep like, your at, thoughts at what, to yourself. Yeah, at what point, you know, are the words that we're it's like, we're using a euphemism for a euphemism for a euphemism. Yeah. Yeah. It's like inception. <laughs> word. And that's Andrew where Rocky. I start to just kind of lose interest in this topic. Like now <laughs> well, you're afraid great, to say anything. Well, now you're afraid to say anything. <laughs> yeah. and at some point, maybe we just need to, it, it's good to reflect on what words I'm saying and, and could I do a little better? But also, you can overthink this and get in your own head. So we need a balance point. You should think about the words you say, but man, you can really take this to such a, a far extreme too. Because really, like if you say those words, like I said, stinking shoot, like no one is is that going to reflect poorly on Christ. No one in the world's going to look at you and say, "Well, that's very unChrist-like language." D- does that make it okay? I- I'm not necessarily making that point. I'm just saying. You also got to take in, why does the Bible not give us, you know, these are the five, yay, these are the six naughty words thou shalt never say. Yeah. And give us a list of naughty words because the meaning of words changes over time and from one language to another and one culture to another. And there are words we say today that that are naughty, but 50 years ago, uh, you, you know, gay had an entirely different meaning. Like, yeah, but 50, now it's, been, years it's been rebranded multiple times because now, so it was to be happy and then it was for a lifestyle choice and now it is a derogatory term about a lifestyle choice you shouldn't say yeah but it's a derogatory term used for anything i mean yeah well, then, then we up, used it growing up in the 90s it was like you just something you didn't like you said that's so gay yeah you know and it had that yeah was it right to say it in that context well if i'm going to be politically correct today, i'll say absolutely not um you know, when you know better, you do better. So the Bible gives say. us like principles yeah. for what to do with our speech, like Colossians yes. four spe- four speech, speech. <laughs> Colossians four six. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Um, so it gives us a principle for how we should speak with grace towards others and uplifting and and building others up and encouraging them. So what, what I'm thinking of is Matthew chapter five and verse 22. And I think this fits well with what you just read, Nate, that we should speak with grace, that the idea is what we say should convey something positive or helpful or beneficial to the other person. It's not so much about what specific word you say. Um, and, and this is where euphemisms really become a problem is if you are intentionally replacing it with a vile word, with a vile meaning, doesn't matter that you change to something adjacent or slightly different. Because we know what you really mean. Matthew 5 and verse 22 says, But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, which means worthless one, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. And so there's this de-escalation of crime with an escalation of penalty. If you're angry, you are in danger of judgment. If you say raka, which is a pretty bad word, you're in danger of the council. But if you say you fool, which seems like the most innocuous of these terms, you're in danger of hellfire, the worst punishment for the least offensive crime in, in this verse. The idea is you can say raka, you worthless one, but it's the same thing as saying you fool. Because your intention is to speak ill of that person. Your intention is to uh, try and tear that person down or make them feel inferior. So it's the same thing like when you're driving in your car and you say, get out of the, the fast lane, you idiot. Idiot's not a particularly bad word in our country. It's not like I called him, you know, one of the big five naughty words. Which are? I count 10, but. 
Never yeah. Uh, 11 <laughs> if you're a sailor. <laughs> um, but it's not like I used one of the really, really bad words. I just called him an idiot or a dummy. You know, sometimes I'll even use like, like kid words like, oh, what a dummy. He, he needs to stop. He needs yeah. to use his blinker. Doofus. Well, okay. That's, I think, more important than the specific word is, am I, am I speaking badly of this person? Yes. Well, that's wrong. Regardless of what word I use to describe them, it's wrong because the intention behind it is to tear down. And, and that's, I think, the heart of this issue more than, like I said, they're, you know, shucks. No one's going to think anything of it. Are you trying to replace a word that is intentionally tearing someone down by saying, oh, shucks? No. Is that such a bad thing? I don't know. Could you maybe do better? I will say this. If you say something that bothers someone, you should stop saying it. If it's very close to a really bad word, you're not fooling anybody. You know, the classic example from Christmas story when he drops the lug nuts. Oh, fudge. Except I didn't say fudge. I said the big one. Like, yeah, you can do better than that. Or like in high school for me, like the trend was to replace a certain word with the German equivalent of that word. It's like, you're not fooling anybody. You're just saying the same word in a different language. Right. If the intention behind your word is hurtful or harmful to someone's character, it's wrong. And if it sounds really close to a bad word, you're probably best to just not say it. Another subject here, another topic is blasphemous words or what would deem to be taking things that are holy or spoken about in God's word or by God and making them commonplace or, you know. You see them put it, pushing this stuff even in kids' media. Uh-huh. Like at Disneyland, you go on Mater's um, carousel thing, and one of the songs he sings is Dad Gum. What is that a euphemism for? It's, a, it's like he repeats that word over and over yeah. and over again in a kid's ride. Or I remember watching the movie Madagascar, and the zebra is running away from a lion, and he says, sugar, honey, iced tea. Well, spell out the first letter from each of those words. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Kyle, I didn't, I yeah. had no idea. Well, so, and I'm talking about things like H-E double hockey sticks. You know, we, we, we don't want to, like, sometimes we aversion to say something like hell in out of context or not talking about the actual place. Um, we'll use different words or yeah. OMG. I, something Tommy Peeler, when he was here, talked about is we can counter a lot of these kind of topics by teaching them to love God and I think one of the parts about loving God is is understanding and yeah the the holiness of God and the holiness of His scriptures and the words used and why we're using those words to get them to understand. And it's so hard to get kids these days to look at things in a reverent way. When I was in high school class, I was trying to get them to understand like the idea of humility, uh, humility or or uh, holiness or something or, or looking at something in a reverent way, and I was trying to get them to. To find someone in society or something that they respected, and it's so hard. Uh, it used to be that you look at the you know sixty hundred years ago, maybe you look at a president or you look at some figure in the media or some someone out there, and you would say that person uh, commands respect. That person walks in today, and they everyone kneels or everyone you know looks at them in a certain way. It's really hard for them to do that these days because we've taken so many things in the world and we've drawn the reverence out of them. And so I think that that's one of the the things, if we can focus them on loving God and understanding the Bible in a reverent way, the speech that we use on these certain things like hell, 
like holy. There's some songs out there where artists are calling things, you know, they're using holy, 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 you know, in in a non holy godly way. perspective, right? In a non holy way. What about these when it's an acronym or, for high on loving you? That's a stupid country is song. That is yeah. that, okay. Well, yeah. that's the thing is, is, is taking these things and making them commonplace. And I think those ones bother me more um, because we're replacing something that should be revered, like OMG, um, with something. And, and people do it all the time when they say Jesus Christ, you know, and, and oh, they, right. they say these things offhanded or for Christ's sake. You know, they'll say these things and they have no thought or reverence or understanding of who that person is mm-hmm. and what they did for them. And they're just using them offhandedly. And they've they've taken all everything special about that away. And that those are the words I care about context taking back than I am the word gay or rainbow. Oh, <laughs> right? like, yeah. like, like those things aren't nearly as uh, offending to me as when these words for something that I believe in. Because in the right context, they can be really powerful. The other the other morning, uh, since our fitness episode, I have been getting up in the mornings and going for walks and runs and a little bit of exercise. And so I'm up earlier than usual. And I find that sunrises are actually quite beautiful, especially from one part of my property where you can see the mountains on a clear day. Mm-hmm. And I just found myself exclaiming, oh, my God. You know, but I was I was in the midst of prayer as I was walking. My mind was on God, and it was just an expression of this is the handiwork of God, and it's beautiful. Yeah. To well, see we this sing part a song. We sing a song. Oh my God! Which comes I out trust of the, in, the book of I trust in thee. Context matters. But that's the thing is, is singing that song. My, my I think when my my son was like, "Can we say that?" <laughs> you know, yeah. like, there's things like that which may, and that's a shame, right? Is is when we question the the value the 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 appropriate application of some of these words because there's so many people out there that are using them inappropriately. Well, Nate, what was, was there any last point that you wanted to kind of button up? Yeah. I go back to the, the verse in Luke chapter six out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think the things that come out of our mouths are reflections of what's in our heart and should cause us to, to uh, look in the mirror and look inside and, uh, and say, you know, am, um, am I being the person that, Christ wants me to be and yeah. are the words coming out of my mouth reflective of that and then be willing to make make the changes where you need to make the changes. Yeah. And, and you know, Kyle, I remember how you, you you talk about when you were in high school and it was the same way with me is when people try to get you to say a word. Um, I think it, it's because the world wants you to be like them. And, and, and so when you have a different kind of speech, um, it noticeable to people and that's a value like that is then a superpower that you have it's noticeable to people so i think it's important that you know people are listening to what we say and how we say it and that gives us an opportunity to to be different and to show through and show christ through our lives and so you know embrace the opportunity to not use certain words that other people are using you know in in place of other words and to show reverence to uh, holy words and things that are deserving of our reverence that, that's a good point, John. Um, when I think back to high school and that example I've brought up in sermons, and I think earlier in, in episodes of this podcast, that I, I had some friends, some people in high school that would try to get me to say, you know, one of the one of the naughty words, one of the big five, and uh, that that's kind of my joking way of referring to those really bad words. And they they just tried to get me to say it. We just want to hear you say it. And yeah, I got caught up in some euphemisms. I got caught up in yeah, just kind of the lingo, the way kids talked. But I do feel like I drew a, I drew a hard line. There are words that I wasn't going to say, 
And there were words that I said that the more I thought about bothered me. And I decided I, I can take that word out of my, my vocabulary Mm -hmm. and I still need to be doing that today. And so I think it's important that I didn't talk in some ways. I talked like my friends because that's just kind of how we're all going to be. And that's where I said at the beginning of this episode, you can kind of drive yourself crazy thinking about, well, maybe this could be euphemism or maybe that could be construed as a euphemism. And at at, at some point, you're just going to overthink it, but you need to think through it at, at, at least to a certain degree. Yeah. And there were definite lines I drew and we need to always be thinking about where those lines are, what words I am not going to say, and what words that maybe just come a little too close to that, that I probably shouldn't be saying and just work that out of your vocabulary. Colossians 3 and verse 8 says that we need to put aside a, a certain number of things that include wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language out of our mouth. That That's something that you don't do that in one day. Okay, I've, I've removed all filthy language out of my mouth. It's every day you need to just do some reflecting and just ask that question. Could I could I maybe be doing a little better? Is is this maybe not the best way to to say things? That that should be our standards is that I don't want filthy language coming out of my mouth. I don't want to say something, doesn't matter what words I say, but if the intent is to do harm or to tear someone down or defame them, that is wrong. I need to remove those kinds of words from my mouth and anything that is kind of in that gray area, maybe just ask, could I be doing better? You know, there's a very sobering verse that relates to this Matthew 12 36 37 I tell you on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak for by your words you'll be justified and by your words you'll be condemned and where this really hits for me is in that gray area if there's a question about what I'm going to say don't be careless be careful uh, because God is recording every word we say and that's what makes this topic so complex and nuanced is just that the scriptures doesn't doesn't say a thing about euphemisms directly. And God doesn't tell us exactly which words to say and which words. He just says, filthy speech, remove it. He says, don't let a a, a corrupt word proceed out of your mouth in Ephesians 4 and verse 29. But he leaves us, leaves it to us to do some thinking about and determination on what fits that description of filthy speech or corrupt words. And and I think that's about the heart, like what... uh Back in Luke chapter six, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Who are you as a person? That's what's going to come out of your mouth. And that's where we need to be making those those improvements and getting better every day. Thank you for listening to the Exhorter podcast. Thank you for your continued support and listening. Uh, if you have any other topics or any subjects you'd like for us to uh, discuss on this podcast, go ahead and reach out to us and let us know on any social feed that you find this episode Uh, Thanks again for your continued support and uh, have a great day. Watch your mouth. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us uh, on this episode. We want to thank you for continuing, 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 continuing. That's a euphemism. No. (laughs) What does that one mean? We want to thank you for your continue. um, Continued support. uh, That's the word. We want to thank you for your continued support and listening to us. We ask that you uh, share it with a friend. Yeah, go on to uh, line and blog about us. And <laughs> we want to we want to get we want to get that money. We, we get need to monetize. Bread. Get the bread. Get the, get the bag. <laughs> yeah, get the blue strips. Get the bag. All right. Uh-huh. We want to thank you for your continued support and listening to the Exhorter podcast. If you have any thoughts, uh, any topics that you would love 
to hear us talk about and banter about, just go ahead and what? Why'd you laugh? Because you're like, I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> what are we do with my hands? I don't know what to do. Stop it. Okay, no. Come, let me do it. Okay, okay. Well, why? Yeah, and it's like it's just. I find it to be arbitrary at times too. Like, you know, why? Why is one euphemistic term fine but another isn't? Maybe they're all wrong, but. I, I okay. This is one of those subjects. Or maybe that, yeah. none of them are wrong. Maybe yeah, we just. This need is to- nice to say, and we're we've all said. This is why you shouldn't use them in these things. But I mean, if you're trying to be funny, then it's okay. Fun, yeah, fun, yeah, funny Trump's I think it's good to teach kids not to say certain words that are that only adults can use. <laughs> That's a daddy word. Don't say that word. <laughs> yeah. 